Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey gang, Jim here. Welcome to a mini episode of Tuesday Night Jaw, which means it'll probably only be four hours long instead of the usual 27. Um, you may have noticed from... Uh, my voice, that today's uh, podcast on the wonderful Distraction Pieces Network is going to be subject to me having lost my voice over the last two days. Now, uh, most of you will know this, but in case you don't, um, I am the co-owner, one of the three owners of uh, Progress Wrestling in London over the last uh, couple of days, so Sunday and Bank Holiday Monday here in the UK. Uh, we had our annual Super Strong Style 16 tournament. We started it last year. It was a great success. We had it again this year. Um, I'm biased. I think it was a great success. Um, wasn't without its stresses, uh, that's for sure, which is something I'll get to in a little while. Um, but I decided, because we haven't got a full episode this week, I'd do a little Q&A with me sat here. And I'll tell you exactly. Let me set the scene. I'm sat in my bedroom in North Wales. Uh, I can see out my window, I can see the mountain that is behind my house and some sheep. Uh, I am uh, I'm dressed. I don't want you to think because I'm sat on my bed that this is some kind of weird, pervy kind of lure you into my boudoir kind of thing. Um, uh, I'm up and dressed because I have uh, a gig in a little while. So I thought I'd do this, put it out on a Tuesday evening, hopefully answer a load of your questions. I'm going to do this. I've not vetted these questions first. So, I mean, I might read, start reading some of them and just ignore them. Um, but I'm going to try and answer as many as I can. Chat for about half hour, 40 minutes, something like that. Um, and then leave you on your merry way. Um, if you did come to Super Strong Style 16, thanks. Thanks a lot. Uh, I said this in the ring, and it's genuinely heartfelt. We're three mates who run a wrestling company. We didn't expect it to be a success, and it is a success. And it's only a success because of our fan base. Our fan base are awesome. Let me tell you how awesome our fan base are. Um, Not only did we have problems on Sunday because uh, we don't own a wrestling ring. Like a lot of wrestling companies in this country, we don't actually own a ring. We hire a ring uh, from a very uh, very lovely man called Farron, who lives in Peterborough. Um, And we own our own canvas because our fans bought that and it's got their names on it and stuff like that. We own our own turnbuckle pads, little things like that. But we don't own our own ring. We're based in London. We have nowhere to keep it. So we hire a ring in. And it's a great ring. There's a bit of a problem, though, in that Farron's ring van broke down at about 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. uh, Two miles away. A frustrating two miles away from the electric ballroom. It then took forever to get him towed to uh, the venue. And then we obviously had to put the ring up, which meant that we couldn't let people in at our normal two o'clock door opening time. We had to let them in at about, uh, I think it was about 10 past three eventually when we let people in. And then it takes ages to let 700 people into a venue like that and make sure everyone's got the right wristbands and things like that. So the show didn't start until late. We caught up quite a bit of the time uh, through basically me just not banging on as much as I normally do on a Sunday show. So, um, so yeah, we're really grateful that people are super patient and super supportive. And then we had a similar thing on Monday, when uh, one of the guys who was scheduled to be in the quarterfinals, um, Mark Haskins, was taken ill uh, after our show on Sunday. He's suffering from uh, severe exhaustion and dehydration. He managed to come backstage for a little bit of the show on Monday, but it obviously meant we had to rejig the tournaments and change our plans 
And this is something that I've had a few questions about this morning, so I'll, I'll try and sort of answer those as I go along. So we've had, it's been stressful as a week. I mean, our shows, I get stressed about our shows anyway, but it was super stressful. I'd had an hour's sleep before Sunday because I had to come back from Norway where I was performing. And our fans were great. Just great. Just super supportive, super nice. Everyone was understanding about the problem with the doors not being open on time and all that sort of stuff. People were brilliant. And we are ridiculously grateful for how great they are. Because, let's be honest, wrestling fans, you're a wrestling fan, you're listening to this. I mean, if you're listening to this and not a wrestling fan, um, send me a tweet, at Jim Smallman, with the hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw and the hashtag not a wrestling fan. Uh, so I can inquire why on earth you were listening to this. Um, but yeah, it, it it was stressful. And wrestling fans are brilliant. Uh, in general, wrestling fans are great. Uh, and, you know, whether you came to the show or you didn't, thanks for being a wrestling fan. It's just, it means this podcast keeps going. Uh, it means my little wrestling company keeps going. Uh, and it means we've all got something to talk about. Because I've been a wrestling fan now for 30-odd years. And it's not getting tiring anytime soon. So thank you for that. Also, another thing to illustrate how brilliant Progress fans are. And I know I've asked for all kinds of questions today. Because it's just been Super Strong Style 16, I'll probably have a few Progress questions to answer. You know me. I know it's me company and everything. But I don't. this is not a Progress podcast. This is Tuesday Night Joy. It's about all wrestling. It just happens to be we've had a big event this weekend and WWE hasn't had a pay-per-view. So it, there may be a lot of Super Strong Style 16 questions. I'm sorry if that bothers you. Um, but I try not to make this about stuff, but people are interested in the inner workings of a wrestling company. So I suppose I'm, I'm best equipped to answer this. But on a progress note, um, we announced that we're doing a, a, a pair of joint shows in Canada, in Toronto and Canada, uh, with the lovely people at Smash Wrestling, who are a great little company. And they invited us over and we agreed to do it, which is brilliant. I can't go, which sucks. Um, but the reason I can't go doesn't suck. It will be the fact that I'll be a, a, about four weeks into being a new dad. Um, but we've got a joint show with them uh, over in Toronto in September. I forget the exact dates off the top of my head. Um, and yesterday what happened is uh, our fans were coming up to me going, oh, I've bought my tickets for Canada. What? You love our little company enough to go and support our little company in Canada. Wow. I mean, I think it's amazing that people, our London fans, come to our Manchester shows, for example. Like our next Manchester show on June the 19th, you know, featuring Chris Hero and loads of other cool stuff. It, 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 I'm, I'm always astonished that people, a good couple of hundred people come from London for those shows, which is wonderful, as well as all the great fans we've got up in the north now, which is, is just it's so cool. But for people, and the flip side of that, we had a lot of people come from Manchester for the first time for Super Strong Style. Again, we really appreciate it. It's a long way to travel. Speaking of someone who travels all the time, I get how annoying travel is. But for people to go, oh yeah, yeah, I bought a couple of tickets. Now I've got to just get a, a flight to Toronto. What? You're insane. It's brilliant, but you're crazy. Uh, and it just really brings home how lucky we are as promoters to have fans that are so loyal. So thanks. Uh, just wanted to say that. So I'm going to um, I'm going to I've got my iPad in front of me. I've got my Twitter feed um, from about six hours ago, uh, and I'm just going to I'm just going to answer some questions. So um, if you sent a question, brilliant. If you sent a question that I don't answer, it's uh, it's either I've run out of time or I've answered one similar already, or uh, you sent me a deeply tedious question, um, and you can do one. Uh, right. So first question, Sam Wilson. Um, do you make contingency plans for instances such as when Mark Haskins is unable to compete or adapt on the fly? Uh, honestly, Sam, I mean, we have, we didn't have a contingency plan in place until, and it was Glenn who came up with the initial contingency plan because uh, I was asleep, uh, and Glenn was uh, Glenn was uh, with Mark when when he collapsed, so he came up with a contingency plan at about four a.m. Monday morning I woke up read the contingency plan loved it we all then got together with the wrestlers and uh, the wrestlers who were working as agents for us behind the scenes and we worked out how we were going to do stuff uh, and we went from there it it was stressful but we're very lucky that our locker room is a, a very supportive area where everybody wants to step up and help out also everyone's friends with Mark myself included he's not 
no one who works for us is just an employee. I consider them friends, and I worry when anything bad happens to them. Same way um, Rob Lynch uh, really hurt his arm during the main event of Sunday's show, uh, Rob Lynch and the London Riots, and I was very worried about him. He's, he's okay. It's not as bad as it first seemed, but he couldn't feel his arm for, you know, five-sixths of that match and carried on. And and I I worry about the boys all the time and about whether you, you've got to have a contingency plan. For long-term booking, we always have a contingency plan. So in our head, we know roughly where we're headed going towards Brixton in September and beyond. But So we've got a contingency plan if someone gets hurt or someone gets signed or something like that. We always have a contingency plan kind of bubbling under, but we try and work towards the, the main goal. We don't expect something to happen like what happened uh, during Super Strong Style, but I think the the revised plan worked pretty well. And also, I mean, I think the 10-man the uh, match that we had at the start of um, Monday to, to decide who went back into the tournaments was unbelievably good when you consider that that was, you know, that was put together at two hours' notice and featured 10 wrestlers. That is that's credit to everybody in that match, and you know, the, and I'm not, I don't want to give too much away, and the, but and the the two the two senior professionals in that match who, who put that match together. So um, yeah, I mean they they deserve a lot of credit for that. Right, next question uh, from Godie. Uh Other than Eddie Dennis, who else for you was on fire? Um, if you don't get that, right, that's a reference to do with uh, body guy Roy Johnson uh, and. He made me and Glenn Joseph laugh more than I have ever laughed just by saying the word fire. Um, uh, Roy and Eddie uh, had a uh, waistband challenge, a rap battle, if you would prefer that parlance, um, uh, which was ridiculous uh, and a, a wonderful thing to do before a very serious main event in a very long tournament where guys have been resting a lot. It's nice to have a bit of comic relief. And it was great comic relief and I enjoyed it. Um, who else was on fire? Do you know what? It sounds like a cop-out answer, but I think everybody, it, everybody, whether they were in one match or in the case of Mark Andrews, five matches, um, they just pulled out all the stops. Everybody just worked their backsides off. And a, a special mention to, we, we don't use many imports. And one of the reasons for this is we're super proud of our British talent that we have and European talent, including you know guys like Tommy End and Big Daddy Volta, and who um, uh, wasn't on this show, but Michael Dante and, and so on. And you know these are guys that we that we really love and we love working with because we can work long term with them. What's interesting when we do a tournament like this and it's a big showcase show is we we do need to bring in guys from overseas and. It just you know just to spice things up, make things a bit more interesting, and obviously it helps with interest with us globally as a company. Um, the three American lads that came over to do the show, uh, Chris Hero, Sammy Callahan, and Matt Cross, are three of the most splendid human beings I've ever met. Like no, he got just slotted straight into that locker room and were were just British guys for the for the two days. A joy to have around, and they helped everything. And and you could tell, you know, when you've got people who are uh, really experienced, like Chris Hero, the most experienced guy on the show. You know, been wrestling for 16 years or something like that. Um, you know, when he when he's on a show and he's talking to guys like uh, Damon Moser and Pastor William Eva and Chuck Mambo and, uh, you know, being really positive with them and they're, you know, still newbies to this, I think that's just a really good thing to see. But everybody came through. It was stressful as anything. If you could have seen when the ring truck arrived... And we needed to get the ring in quickly. We've got a ring crew of uh, four of our trainees who are, you know, contracted to be our ring crew, and we've got other trainees who do security and stuff like that. They all helped, but then all the wrestlers helped, so everyone was out there helping out because it's a team effort, and that I think is the the big thing to take away from from Super Strong Style as an experience. It was just, it, it was great seeing that. So everybody was on fire. Uh, thanks, Cody. Um. Next, um, David Hackney, who designed the wonderful Progress logo and what other designs were considered? Um, if I remember correctly, our regular, the Eagle logo, the one you see in the centre of uh, of the Progress canvas, 
was designed by my business partner and main workhorse of the company, John Briley. He kind of drew it on a napkin and then gave it a mate to draw properly. That's how I think it went. I can't remember exactly the name of the person who drew the original Eagle logo. All of our design, all of our graphics, our merchandise, pretty much everything for, I, I want to say, at least the last two years. Uh, he's done my man who I gave a shout out to in the ring on Monday, um, whose birthday was on Sunday, uh, Rob Dobrovolsky, who is um, is a friend of mine. He is uh, the fiancé of the lady who did most of my tattoos. Uh, he lives in Norwich, comes down for the shows, and he is uh, a very busy man. He's got a normal job, and he fits in all of our design stuff around his normal job and being a dad to two children. Um, and, it, it, you know, he's, he's super enthusiastic and we're very grateful for having him on board. So he does all our design stuff now, but the actual original Eagle logo that we incorporate into most things, um, I believe, was a doodle that John did that he then passed to someone else who, who drew up and made into the, the... The thing that's becoming, I suppose, it's becoming quite iconic now, isn't it? Um which is quite pleasant. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Um, Mitch, uh, Mitch1889, has said, at what point during uh, Chris Hero versus Tommy End did you think, guys, I know I asked for strong style, but chill out, dudes. Um, watch my reaction um, during matches, like I think all three Chris Hero matches, there was a lot of me going, for fuck's sake, um, this, is, this is nuts, but in the best way, not in a critical promoter, I'm annoyed, in a, Whoa! This is this is something really, really special. I've wanted Chris Hero to wrestle for us for a long time. It was great that uh, the dates and availability and everything aligned, and we could have him here for for two days uh, because he's uh, he's one of my favourite wrestlers. He just is, um, and I love him uh, as a person and as a, as a wrestler. He is absolutely wonderful. I cannot wait to see uh, see him on June the nineteenth in Manchester. He is. He's great. Um, and uh, him and Tommy, as you're probably aware, have been tag team partners, are very, very good friends. Uh, Tommy cites uh, Chris as a huge influence on him. There was no way in a million years that match wasn't going to be unbelievable uh, and stiff as anything. It, you know, it's it's one of the reasons that, um, that by the time we got to the final match between Tommy and Mark, they were so exhausted because they both had such... Absolutely insane quarterfinal matches, uh, you know, with Mark against uh, Zach Gibson as well, which was uh, tremendous. So, uh, I I don't ever want anyone to get hurt, and I trust those guys to not hurt each other. So I never want people to calm down unless it looked like someone was going to get hurt because they were going to do something stupid. But I did watch that and was in awe of it. And you know, there's a few times I had to turn around because I didn't want to look anymore because it was so brutal. But um, absolutely wonderful. I think all of all of Chris Hero's matches uh, against Mark Andrews on day one, Big Daddy Valter on day two. Uh, and let's give Valter some credit. He's he, he can go. He's a big dude, but he can really go. Um, and then against Tommy End. Um, they are three, instantly moved into three of my favourite matches in progress history. I think they're all absolutely great. And, you know, really, it's not, we're not just about the strong style stuff, but it really, it really helped illustrate that in the tournament that obviously bears that name. Next question. Burak. Hey, Burak. Um, what is the best wrestling carpool you have ever been part of? Uh, best as in most fun, ridiculous, slash random. Here's the thing, mate. I don't tend to share journeys very often. I don't. Um, the Very few times I've shared car journeys with people. Um, I can illustrate them all now. Um, I often take uh, Tommy End and or Michael Dante back to the airport because uh, it's on my way home. So I often give them a lift. What's quite interesting about spending time with with Tommy in particular is he's a very wise man. Um, him and him and Dante uh, have been friends since they were nine, and they argue like a married couple, and it's really funny. And what will normally happen is they're two dudes who look after themselves, you know, know about nutrition and stuff like that. But after a show, I don't tend to eat on show days. Um, and after a show, I'll drive them home. We will normally stop at London Gateway Services. Uh, and go to Burger King, and we'll have. Uh, I will eat a lot of food. Those guys are wrestlers. They will eat a serious amount of food, and they'll polish it all off and get donuts and, and more cans of, of energy drink. Um, and and they're great to spend time with. I remember once having a conversation with Tommy where uh, I was really worried about uh, my relationship with my daughter. My daughter's nearly thirteen, and you may or may not be aware that she she doesn't live with me. And and I stress about stuff like that. 
and he sort of said, I've not known him long, maybe done two shows for us. And he was just sort of sitting, chatting to me and just letting me know not to stress about it or worry about it and all that. And I was like, wow, what a cool dude. Um, first person I ever uh, drove, rest I ever drove in a car was Colt Cabana at our first ever show. I picked him up, I mean, John picked him up from the airport. Uh, he was super nice. I ended up asking him if, um, when they did the famous Ring of Honor, him and Homicide Drano moment, the drain cleaner that was poured in his throat, um, how they did it. And he told me, well, they kind of put water in there, but didn't rinse it out well enough. So it, <laughs> he actually drank some Drano, which is gross. Um, uh, I drove Samoa Joe around when we had him over and realized that me and him had got a lot in common. Both really like video games, so uh, he was a proper joy to be around. And we also got a phone call during that journey. Um, I don't know if me and Chris Brooker spoke about it on that mini episode we did, but we had um, a phone call from Chris Brooker where he said, hey, um, does Joe want to come and uh, do Roddy Piper's podcast in this hotel room in London? And I'm like, yeah. So I drove Samoa Joe, one of my favorite wrestlers, uh, to meet an absolute icon in Roddy Piper. Um, there was a point during that journey where I was like, my life's, my life's strange. My life is very... Very strange. Um, and another time would be uh, when uh, I drove uh, Dave Mastiff uh, across uh, with me to go. I was supporting William Regal. And he came across uh, to Leeds with me and my wife and, and just sort of had a, a good chat with him. I think my funniest thing that's ever happened was with uh, Dante and Tommy was walking into London Gateway Services and seeing um, Nathan Cruz wearing a Christmas jumper. This would have been our show at the end of last December, uh, last November. Seeing Nathan Cruz in a Christmas jumper at the Starbucks there, ordering a coffee. And I, Tommy said, you walk towards him. I'm going around the other way. And I went, okay. And I walked towards Nathan. And he saw me and smiled. Tommy walked behind him. And bear in mind, this is a motorway service station at like 9pm on a Sunday. Tommy walked behind him, put him in a chokehold. And Nathan shrieked like a girl. And I, I think me and Tommy and Dante laughed at that for around about three hours. It was quite beautiful. Next. Uh, uh, Joe Atherton. Thanks for coming down, Joe. Um, uh, if you don't know Joe, uh, Joe is a lovely dude. He's in a wheelchair. Um, and he comes to all our Manchester shows. Uh, and he came down to London for the first time at the weekend. We're super grateful for you coming along, Joe. Um, and, you know, you, we appreciate all of our fans, but we know it's a lot of effort for you, so thanks, mate. Um, and then he said, favourite champ from the weekend? Uh, Vader hates this during uh, Mark Andrews and Matt Cross's exchange on the Monday. was pretty funny. Um, big shout-out to Will Ospreay for his sense of humour dealing, uh, dealing with Vader's criticism. Uh, a couple of people have asked me for my take on this. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to your chant question in a minute, Joe. Um, I love Will Ospreay and I love Ricochet. I mean, Will is a friend and he's a friend of the Distraction Pieces Network as well, having been on on, on Pip's podcast. Um, and Ricochet's worked for Progress and I really like Ricochet. They're tremendous wrestlers. What I think is interesting is Vader doesn't like it. That's fine. You know, um, uh, by the same token, there's going to be people who would watch Vader against Stan Hansen and not necessarily understand why he's being punched so hard in the face that his eyeball has popped out of his eye socket. You know, not everything is for everybody. Um, William Regal is always very, very keen to to point out that, that wrestling is like a circus. If you just had acrobats, it wouldn't work. If you just had uh, strongmen, it wouldn't work. You have to have a little bit of everything. You have to have clowns. You have to you have to do everything during a show. And nothing has been illustrated. Nothing has illustrated that more to me than the last two days of, of putting a tournament on. And I love high flying stuff. I also really really like strong star wrestling. I really like watching Shibata against Ishii. That's in the same company. So in the same company that you get Ricochet, on that same show as you have in Ricochet against Will Ospreay, you are going to get the other stuff. Um, yeah, there's sections of it, the early exchanges, there's sections of it that are arguably a little bit more choreographed than some of the things that you might see. But that still takes tremendous skill to do that. And they're two of the most exciting wrestlers in the world. You absolutely cannot cannot debate that whatsoever. Um and there's still, having seen the whole match, there's still tons of intensity in the match, tons of fire in that match, tons of stiffness in that match. It's great. It's a really, really good match. I'm the first person to point out, I, I like in-ring psychology. I don't like people, you know, um, uh, I don't like matches that are just finisher, 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 finisher. I like people to tell a story. There is a story in that match. 
And I personally think it's wonderful. And I am delighted to see that it's kind of in, it's gone viral. And two guys who really deserve a lot of credit in Ricochet and Will are now getting a wider audience, which is brilliant for both of them, brilliant for both their careers, and brilliant for New Japan, because New Japan is a wonderful company. So so I, I think that's all very positive. What I would say to Mr. Vader, and I, I had a joke about this on Monday, Vader's one of my favourite wrestlers of all time. You might not know this. I love Vader. I think Vader's great. I remember when Vader debuted in WCW in the early 90s, and it was tremendous. I think Vader is wonderful. I've never met him, but I think he's great. Um, there's always going to be this thing with veterans in anything. I get it in comedy. So I get in comedy where I, I'm 38 years old. If I gig with someone who's in their 50s, let's say, and has been doing stand-up for 25 years, a lot of conversations will be along the lines of all these new kids doing this, doing that. It happens in every industry. It probably might happen with you. Wherever you work, there could be someone who's there who's been there 20 years who doesn't understand how things are done now. It's just the na- everything evolves. It's the nature of, of the world. Um. What I'd say with Vader is, Vader's a 400-plus pound dude who was doing moonsaults. I'm 100% certain that people will have watched him when he was doing that crazy stuff for the time in the early 90s and gone, what is he doing? He's 450 pounds, he should never go off his feet, he shouldn't go to the top rope and stuff like that. Just stuff evolves. Um, You do have to give Will a bit of credit for actually doing a Vader bomb uh, in a match the next night, though, uh, which is... He's, the dude's got a sense of humour. you got to give him that. I just hope Vader's got one. Um, but anyway, favourite chant for the weekend. It wasn't a chant so much, Joe. Um, and I think it, the fans were great during during this weekend, um, as they always are. But it's tiring being there for a longer show on the, on the Monday and you know two days of it and a lot of drinking and people were hangovers. So I had to work really hard to energise people. Um, and I'm great that they listened and, 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 and were energetic. There was a point, I, I want to say... It was during. It was definitely a Chris Hero match. I think it was Chris Hero against Tommy End, where one man really loudly shouted, "Stop it! Just use your words," and that that during a particularly stiff strike and exchange really just just made me chuckle. I really enjoyed that. Right, next question. Next question. Scrolling through. Um, William Paul. Hey, William. Um, as someone else who has been sober for years, nice one, mate, uh, due to alcohol issues, just like me, um, what's it like in front of a boozy crowd? Now, I was talking to Matt Cross about this. Matt Cross is straight edge, um, uh, as am I. Uh, I'm very proud of being straight edge, I, but I'm not preachy about it. There's no reason for me to be preachy about it. My day job is a stand-up comedian. That I mean, it may as well read, you entertain drunk people. Uh, if, if you can drink and not be a tool... You're fine with me. If you drink and you're a tool, you're probably a tool when you're sober. So, you know, I, I'm uh, performing in front of drunk people is it's just something I'm used to. I think if I didn't do comedy and I just I was a ring announcer for Progress, um, uh, and I'd never done comedy and I wasn't used to being in front of a crowd that is that drunk. Because if you've never been to a Progress show, our crowd get very drunk. Not everybody. There's me and there's William and there's a fair few other people. Uh, there's another one of my fans called Daniel Ellis. I know he doesn't drink as well. I, I, you know, I know there's there's a lot of people who don't drink. Um, uh, you know, my wife, she's seven months pregnant. She definitely wasn't drinking. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's something I'm used to, to be honest, mate. I'm I'm just. I'm completely fine with it. And you, you, bless you, you said, I hope it's not too personal. I, I talk about me not drinking. All the, I quit drinking when I was 20. I'm 38 now. I quit drinking when I was 20. I quit drugs when I was 20. I quit smoking when I was 20 because I did all of those things to massive excess. I had a lot of problems when I was a teenager um, and uh, I don't now. You know, I have, I have therapy through comedy and wrestling and writing and uh, having a wonderful wife uh, and a lovely daughter and a, a son on the way. So it's, you know... I. My life's pretty sweet, and I've got a very good uh, collection of friends. What I think is quite nice, there was definitely a progress show a little while ago where, um, I forget when it was. I think it might have been. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It might have been... It was either when the riots returned about a year ago or it was when Will won the title. I forget. I'm sorry it all blurs into one. I'm sorry I can't be more sort of in-depth and do my research, but I'm doing these questions on the fly. Um, but someone there was a, someone handed me a can of beer to do the sort of Steve Austin cheers thing in the ring, and you could hear fans going, don't drink it, Jim. You're not going to drink it, are you? Because you guys all know that I don't drink. I'm not going to drink it. I, I'm so cool with not drinking. I can, I, you know, I don't know very often. I don't like, is it there? I'll let you in a secret. I don't like going to pubs or bars when I'm not working, which is one of the reasons that you'll rarely, I know a lot of the fans see maybe John and Glenn from management out in the pubs in Camden after the shows, or, you know, uh, and can have a bit of a chinwag with them. Very rare you'll see me. Two reasons. One, uh, I want to go home. I live four hours away from London. Two, I, I don't I don't like being in bars too much when I'm not working. Uh, they, that, that, they're not a place that I enjoy. Um, but sometimes you'll see me. Uh, sometimes you'll see me out and about and, and whatever. But being in front of a boozy crowd never bothered me. Um, it's just part of my job. And hopefully, William, it doesn't bother you being surrounded by drunk people when you're at our shows. I don't think it does. Um, but, you know, if you choose to drink, brilliant. You choose to be sober, brilliant. Whatever you choose to do, it's all down to personal choice. <laughs> William did also say, uh, could you just talk about the Osprey Ricochet hour for uh, match for an hour or, and sob? Um, nah. Yeah. I think it's been talked about enough over the last few days. Uh, Martin Bentley. Hey, Martin. Um, also, Martin, uh, personal question to you. Did you have cramp during the uh, live Q&A we were doing? Um, on, uh, I think it was you on, on Sunday night. I'm aware this is a podcast that has several thousand listeners now, and you're going to be listening to this going, wow, he knows us all individually. I would like to get to do that, dear listener. Um so did you contemplate doing the shows where we had no ring? Did you contemplate doing the shows like WCW Backstage Assault without the ring? The amount of people who went, oh, just put some crash mats down. Um, uh, and it was funny for a, it was funny at about 11 o'clock on Sunday. By half past two on Sunday when the doors still weren't open and the ring still wasn't there, uh, I, um, I no longer could take any jokes about it. I'm not going to lie. Phil Jones, uh, any possibility that Super Strong Style 16 will be expanded either to three days... Oh, good Lord. Or even a super strong style 32. Um, Realistically speaking, Phil, I don't think so. Um, There's a reason. One, two days of wrestling is exhausting for wrestlers, promoters, and new punters. Genuinely exhausting. If you watch both this year and last year's super strong style, um, the final match, everyone's energy is, uh, is, and it's, it's no one's fault. But everyone's energy is just starting to sap a little bit because it's been two days of wrestling. Um, the other thing to consider is um, it costs a lot of money to put people up in hotels in London and book that many wrestlers uh, and uh, have the venue. Because you know we obviously have the venue on a Sunday and a Monday. If we were to do it on three days, we'd have to have it on the Saturday. And the Saturdays when they have club nights and stuff like that. So it would cost us probably triple what we have to pay for it now. Um, and from a business standpoint, I don't think it'd be massively viable. Obviously, never say never to anything, but I don't think at the minute. Um, I think it, it will be, it will probably also kill me. Um, Lewis says, given that Smash versus Progress is happening, any other indie promotions you'd want to team up with? Yes. 
PWG or Evolve? Just going to put it out there right now. We have a nice relationship with Evolve. Um, Glenn gets on really well with Gabe. Uh, I've never met him, but, but Glenn hung out with him a bit in Florida. Um, uh, in Florida. In, um, in Texas, rather, um, for WrestleMania. Um, but I'm a fan of both of those promotions. Uh, I really like the both of them. PWG is an integral part of why we exist as a promotion because me and John were such fans of them and watched them so much before we started. Um, Smash are a lovely promote, a wonderful promotion that we're fans of anyway. Um, uh, the, then there's, uh, I, I think with PWG and Evolve, they've got the, the name value, which I, I quite like. I also, I know we had um, Trent Seven on the main podcast uh, last time out and he was doing the Shikara stuff. I, I like Shikara a lot. I'd, I'd love to hang out with Mike Quackenbush and, and, and pick his brain because I think he's he's super creative and got some really sort of left field ideas. Um, and then there's, uh, you know, there's there's lots of really cool indies springing up in the States, people like AAW and, and stuff like that. So there's lots of, there's lots of companies uh, I'd potentially be interested in. Um, uh, and, you know, I'm a fan of indies in the, in Japan, like Dragon Gate and DDT too. But I think to make it a viable, and I've said this a lot, you don't want to do too many uh, sort of co-shows. A few here and there are nice, but if you do too many, you end up looking like, you end up looking like, um, someone who always does an actor always does cameos do you know what i mean you've got to make sure you 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 worry about your own identity first before combining it with others if that makes sense but i love indie wrestling so you know uh, there's plenty of people that i look at and think yeah i love them. um shadow moses uh i presume named after the bringing the horizon song um uh, what are your top three mark out moments as a fan outside of progress uh oh let's see oh um, going to NXT in Blackpool last year and Samoa Joe blow me a kiss because he saw me on the balcony. It's kind of outside. Of, it's because of progress, but it is outside of progress. And it gen- and everyone saw him do it. And it really, it was one of the coolest things I've ever done because he broke character for me. And I love that. Um, uh, CM Punk beating John Cena at Money in the Bank 2011, which is still one of my favorite moments uh, just in WWE history. Just ever i absolutely absolutely love it and i think the first time i ever saw bray wyatt's entrance in person just really affected me um just you know it's it's something so different to what wwe would normally do and i i absolutely absolutely love that Uh, i mean they're just off the top of my head if i had more time to think i'd probably come up with better ones um and obviously when i've got to meet people who are heroes so, from meeting Chris Hero, Sammy Callahan, Matt Cross wrestling for us this weekend, you know, meeting Finn Balor, uh, meeting Zack Sabre Jr. for the first time, uh, um, you know, these are all people I really, really look up to and respect. Meeting Samoa Joe, meeting Colt Cabana, um, uh, meeting Roderick Strong, meeting Adam Cole, these are all people I really look up to. And, you know, meeting all them, those guys for the first time, I know it was around progress, but it's still a big deal to me. Um, first time I've got ushered into a room to speak to William Regal when I was supporting him at a show in Birmingham like two, three years ago was amazing. First time I ever met Mick Foley under similar circumstances was amazing. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that just, I'm very grateful to a lot of the opportunities that I've been provided just in this, in this crazy wrestling world that I live in. Right. Uh, fixated Productions. Given the option, uh, it puts in brackets, no Vince interference, um, who would you build Raw and SmackDown around for the future? I've been asked a lot about the brand split thing. Uh, I might see if I can... Maybe me and Glenn, because uh, Glenn's such a good friend. Maybe next time I'm, I'm with him, maybe we can do our, our, a draft, uh, a sort of a, 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 our own little sort of uh, fantasy draft between Raw and SmackDown and see how we both see how we both pan out. That could be quite fun to do. Um, see if we can do that. Um, I think one will be built... I reckon one will be built about around um, Roman Reigns <clears throat> and one will be built around John Cena. That's what I think will happen. What I would personally do is I would I would kind of have... I'd have Raw as the entertainment show and I would have SmackDown as the wrestling show. A little bit like it was during the SmackDown 6 era, which evened up the odds between them. Raw's always going to get decent enough viewers because of the network it's on. SmackDown is always going to be lag a little bit behind, so it needs the boost. And it's going to be the more hardcore fans that watch that, not necessarily the people who are into entertainment and talking sections and stuff like that. So I would potentially 
have uh, a, a roster on Raw which would be Roman Reigns, John Cena, Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose is a great wrestler, but I think he's he's more he's more for the the casual fan. Uh, right, let me let me restate that. I'm a hardcore fan and I love him, but I think he's easier for a casual fan to understand if that makes sense. And then the uh, I'd have SmackDown with let's say if we could have a SmackDown six on there, that sort of equivalent, it would be around. Um, Owens, Zayn, Styles, um, Cesaro, Bala, and Joe. If I could, if I could do that, um, but I don't know. I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see where it heads. I mean, I, I wasn't a massive fan of the the opening promo yesterday because it, it it kind of made WWE look like they don't know what they're doing, and they will know what they're doing. Um, and there's nothing wrong with letting the fans let let them know what they know what they're doing. I trust them. Whatever they do will be will be the right thing to do. And it's also the brand split is is the right thing to do when you think how many people they've got at the performance center at NXT. Those people have all got to be brought up somewhere. And now this is going to give more opportunities if there is a brand brand split rather than you know necessarily um, seeing the same six or seven people at the top of every show every single time. <clears throat> uh, Dave. Uh, why does WWE mute, mute Roman Reigns' booze? Now, I don't know if they necessarily do. If they do do it, and they've done it with other stuff in the past, um, it's their prerogative. It's their company. If 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 what they want to achieve with Roman Reigns is what they want to achieve, then we can't stop them. I can't stop somebody's business business ideas. You know, with progress, if someone's not getting... If we think someone's going to get over massively as a babyface or massively as a heel and it's not happening, then it's up to us to work hard to make it happen. I think the, the, the struggle that Roman Reigns has, and I've said this before on, on this podcast, that he's not really doing anything wrong. He's trying his best, and hardcore fans have decided they don't like him. Now, WWE are doing the right thing by acknowledging that and making him this whole the guy thing, so they are doing the right thing with him. Um, but, you know, whenever I watch it on TV, I can definitely hear boos. Definitely. And when I've been to see live shows and he's come out, I've heard boos. I've also heard every single woman, um, uh, this is not a sexist point, but every single woman seems to love him. Certainly the ones who've been sat near me. Um, and every single kid cheer their lungs out at him. So it's a difficult situation because if they were, if they were just, if they were muting his boos, then we wouldn't hear any of the cheers. It's because they have to move everything. So it's, it, it's a difficult one. I mean, it's their prerogative, mate. That's what I'd say. It's their company. If if they feel that it's harmful to their television product, I don't think it is. But if they feel it is, that'll be why they do it. Uh, Dave Higgins, how's Mark Haskins doing? I uh, hope he's okay. Um, he uh, suffering from severe exhaustion and dehydration. Um, Mark's a good friend and he is super enthusiastic. Great guy to be around. And on Sunday, he was not himself. And it was only after I'd heard that he collapsed that I thought, oh yeah, he didn't. He did seem a bit. Out. And he's got two. He's got two young children, um, and he'd wrestled in Germany, I think, over the weekend. And he'd wrestled up in Hull, and he, he'd been all over the place. It's a lot of travel. He'd not had much sleep, and you know, it's a very exerting thing being a wrestler. And he just, he's had. He, he was telling me he's been having toothaches. So he's been taking painkillers for his toothache, and you know, and gargling salt water, which obviously dehydrates you. So, you know, it was unfortunately a perfect storm, which led to him not being um, not being too well. But he was backstage for a bit of the show yesterday, just wanted to come and say hello to everybody. Um, and uh, he was okay. And his lovely wife, Vicky, uh, is looking after him. So obviously, myself and Progress, and I'm sure you guys also mark our best wishes. I've told him to take a little bit of time off, have a bit of a rest, catch up on his sleep, and all that sort of stuff. And hopefully we'll see him, we'll see him again very, very, very soon. Right, next. Um, Wayne Outram. Always makes me think of the video game Outrun, Wayne. Thanks, mate. Um, what did you make of the AJ heel turn last night? Uh, the plans for him must be big if he's feuding with Cena. I think that's probably the thing. Um, I would suggest that um, John Cena gets a lot of flack, but I would imagine this won't be a, a one-show feud. I think it might end up being like the Kevin Owens one, where you know maybe we'll see, maybe we'll see AJ. Uh, we'll, maybe we'll see AJ get the first win and then Cena tie it up and then maybe some kind of gimmick match to balance it out uh, and and, um, and and get a definitive winner. Um, I, I don't I don't hold out loads of hope of AJ being the guy coming out of this looking like the winner in, in inverted commas. 
um, purely because he's so associated with another com- well, two other companies in in TNA mainly and, and New Japan, um, and Cena is Mister WWE. I think it's interesting because it's a heel turn done well. It was done very well because I don't think people saw it coming. It, it, and and if you think about it from a from a writer's perspective, you look at it and go, oh, it's quite obvious now. But I think it was done really well, and I, I think. Um, AJ as a heel character, like he was in Bullet Club in Japan, is very interesting, um, and and gives a whole new sort of um, a whole new sort of uh, uh, air to his character that that I think is to be applauded. Um, so no, I thought it was I thought it was great. Burak again. Um, what's the best wrestling tournament you've ever watched as a fan? Pick a pick any bowler. I can't choose my own company, otherwise I would. But pick any bowler. Um, uh, Battle of Los Angeles and PWG. I love them all. I also like their DDT tag team tournaments as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the idea. And don't forget WXW have have sixteen carat. That's brilliant. New Japan obviously has whole year long tournaments. But um, and let's not forget King of the Ring nineteen ninety eight as well. Uh, was it King of the Ring nineteen ninety eight? No, it wasn't. No, Survivor Series nineteen ninety eight. Uh, with the uh, the Rock's heel turn at the end, uh, even though some of the wrestling in it isn't great, um, it, it does feature the rise of Mick Foley and holds a special place in my heart. And that is technically a tournament. So, um, Gav Lloyd, are there any independent British wrestlers you haven't booked for progress yet, but would like to? He mentions uh, Joe Hendry. Um, uh, I we've always got our eyes on other people. We're quite lucky that everyone kind of wants to work for us. It's very rare we say to someone, "Would you like to come and work for us?" And they go, "No, absolutely not. We completely disagree with your product." Um, we're very lucky that people want to work for us. We also have often too much talent to actually fit on our shows, um, so it's difficult to break new people in. Uh, I think it's you know it's nice that, for example, <coughs> excuse me, um, that we've been able to bring Pete Dunn back recently. And it's nice that Trent Seven, he's still only had one match for us, um, but we've been able to use him. Um, we've always got our eyes on people because it's our job. Uh, I would like to watch more British wrestling than I get chance to do. But the unfortunate thing is most British wrestling shows are on Fridays and Saturdays and I'm doing comedy. Um, so uh, in terms of naming names, I think it's... I'd feel bad if I started naming names because then I'd feel bad about the people I forgot to name. But there are a lot of very, very good wrestlers in this country. And there's still a lot of them that haven't been featured by us. But there's always the opportunity there. And anything we can do to to enhance British wrestling and enhance people's careers, then we will try and do. <laughs> Rob Murray, what are the chances of getting Mr. Belding on to talk wrestling? Hey, if the dude's ever in Shoreditch, when we're doing a main episode, we'll, we'll try and bring him in. Um... Glenn Wakeford, um, other than the ring problems and the Haskins issues, what challenges are there organising a tournament compared to a normal chapter? Um, uh, 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 right. Problem number one is when you're booking it, you have to kind of work backwards, work out who you want to win it, why you want them to win it, and then you have to do all that. So it's it's a lot more difficult because you want, you want everybody to get a chance to shine in some way, even if they're going out in the first round. So it, it involves a lot of juggling of ideas and... And the effects it's going to have over the next two, three, four, five, six shows. So that makes it more stressful. From a financial point of view, the more stressful point is we have to put people in hotels. Because normally after a show, people go home. The only people you normally have to put in a hotel is someone whose flight maybe like. So for Tommy, his flight back to Amsterdam might be the next day. Um, so you have a lot more logistics. You have to make sure that you round. It was my job on the on the Monday morning was to round people up and make sure they're... Uh, they're coming back to the show and all this sort of stuff. So, you know, it's it, it can be a lot more stressful because it's not just... And it's it's two days. One day is exhausting enough. Two days. The actual physical toll it took on me. I didn't... I'm recording this just after four o'clock on Tuesday. I didn't wake up today until half past one. Like, I woke up really early, put a tweet out saying some questions, went back to sleep. I, I just dead. I was in a coma. I didn't, but I didn't get home till two last night as well. So it's just, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's just the hard work. It's just everything's just twice as hard. And it's just, don't forget, it's the same for the wrestlers. It is exhausting wrestling one match. Imagine your Tommy End wrestled four matches. Mark Haskins wrestled five. I know one of them is very short, but wrestled five matches. Um, that's it's crazy, you know. 
Like, Tommy wrestled three matches yesterday in a day against Sammy Callahan, Chris Hero, and Mark Andrews. That is, I worry about the guys. There's always going to be the increased risk of, of, of people getting hurt because they're wrestling so much. So there's so much more to think about. Uh, Brian McGill, um, thoughts on a possible Progress Hall of Fame? We talked about this at our live Q&A the other night. If we ever did one, first person going in is uh, John Briley because he does all the work. Um, me and Glenn are charlatans compared to him. Um, it'd be nice to have one. I think we need to be going for a bit longer yet. But if we had one, it, you know, it's something I can see as perhaps doing in the future and perhaps, you know, anchoring it around the, the festivities around Super Strong Style 16 because um, I'm going to presume we're going to do it again next year. So, um, so yeah, so I think, yeah, it's, it's potentially a good idea. Not something we need to rush into doing because we're still only a company with four and a bit years history. Daniel Ellis mentioned him earlier. Um, any plans for a tag team version of Super Strong Style 16? Um, not at the minute, uh, if I'm honest. Uh, not at the minute, because... Uh, Again, it involves booking 32 people. He also mentioned, oh, we could do it as one-off random teams, but then I don't think it's, it's as easy to tell stories. Um, so at the moment, no. Um, there's also, because, there's, there's, I mean, if you try and think of 16 tag teams, you, you know, bearing in mind we can't... If, if we did a tournament with 16 tag teams in, feel free to... In fact, let's do this. If you could tweet me 16 tag teams... And you're only allowed to use two imports because that will be f- technically four wrestlers, which would be more than we normally use. So Europe doesn't count as an import uh, because flights from Europe aren't too bad. But but two American or Japanese tag teams. And be realistic because what you've got to bear in mind is, is depending on how famous someone is, the, the more money they cost. So if you were us and you had to pick 16 tag teams, only two of them could be imports, who would you pick? And bear in mind, uh, Sumerian Death Squad can't team together for us anymore um, uh, as part of one of their stipulations. So, oh, and also, and and it, technically, because of the prize of winning Super Strong Style 16 is being number one contender, that would also mean that, or not number one contender, but a title shot, that would also mean that the Riots couldn't, London Riots couldn't be in it because they're already champions. There's no reason for them to be in it. So there's no London Riots you can't use the Sumerian Death Squad. You could use Tommy End or Michael Dante, but not together. Um, and you uh, you can only use two teams in total from America or Japan. It's hard, isn't it? And you, know, and you can't just put people in there for the sake of it. It's got to be good, because it's us. Do you know what I mean? We we, we try and be the best. So who do you put in? It's tricky, isn't it? Have a think. If you, if you genuinely think of it, then, then you know, um, just send me a tweet. If it's too long to put in a tweet, then just... Uh, Drop me an email or send me a Facebook message. Um, I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. Um, uh, Joe Nicholas asked about the brand split. Do I agree with the brand split? Uh, or do I have any major worries? Uh, I think I kind of covered that before, but but no, not really. Um, uh, Francis Reth. Uh, is Cena still the franchise player of the WWE? Um, yeah, he is, isn't he? He sells more merch than anybody else. Um he is still that he does everything. It's all the outside stuff that he does. He is at the minute. He's not going to be forever. Eventually, he's going to be someone who is used to really put over people and, and elevate them to his status. And he's already doing it a little bit, but eventually, he will do that. He will make he will make the next legend. That will be his role. So at the minute, he is. I think uh, same uh, same person, Francis. Um, who do you think with the dark horse in the in the uh, cruiserweight classic? Um, I genuinely think Jack Gallagher, and I'm a little bit biased because he's been on this, um, but I think out of all the, the British people going into it, everyone knows that Zack Sabre Jr. is wonderful. He is one of the best wrestlers on this planet. He is tremendous. But when we were doing our qualifying matches, I think a lot of people thought that uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Would, would qualify. And I think people were split on whether it would be Pete Dunne or Jack Gallagher who went through. And I think having watched him uh, twice over the course of the weekend... He's wonderful. He's a wonderful person to be around. Gets his head down, gets on with his work, and you know could really be a dark horse. Could really, uh, could really set things on fire over there. Hope he does. Uh, and you know, the best of luck to, to Zach Sabre Jr. as well, because I, I think he's got all the ability in the world, and there's every chance he could go all the way. And I think, I think we've reached the end of the questions. Um, listen, thanks for uh, asking all the questions. Um, uh, uh, 
I'm, next week I'm going to uh, hopefully have a chat with a couple of people around the world of wrestling. I'll put out another couple of uh, Tuesday Night Jaw Meets episodes uh, over the next couple of weeks before we get to the next main episode, which will be on June the 21st, uh, right after Money in the Bank, uh, and also after the Progress Show in Manchester. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to do some plugs now. Um, first of all, of course, we're part of the Distraction Pieces Network, so do please check out the other podcast, Scroobius Pips Distraction Pieces Podcast, which gives the network its name, is wonderful. Uh, the very if you if you only bothered about your wrestling, uh, then Will Ospreay's been on there recently. I've been on it um, talking about various things. Chris Jericho's been on it. Pip is a huge wrestling fan, but all of his guests are interesting. The one he did with Kathy Birkin recently was absolutely wonderful, um, and I know uh, he's announced guest number one hundred today uh, on his Twitter feed. Um, so uh, you know, do support that. Do support. Uh, uh, the other podcasts uh, on on the network as well, um, and um, I've got to plug a couple of things for me. If you don't mind, I'm terribly sorry. Um, first of all, progress shows. Okay, June the nineteenth in Manchester. Chris Hero will be on that show. I can't tell you who he's facing yet, but Chris Hero will be on that show. He's just had three of the best matches in the United Kingdom this year over the space of a weekend. He's going to have another one. Come to that show. ProgressWrestling.com slash tickets. Chapter 31, All Hail the New Puritans, in Manchester, Sunday afternoon, June the 19th at the Ritz. Do please come. I promise you it will be brilliant. Come to that show. Seriously. Okay? Um, That's point one. ProgressWrestling.com slash tickets. Our biggest show ever is uh, on... Excuse me. Is on uh, September the 25th at the Brixton Academy. We're well over two-thirds sold already. Um, We'd love to sell it out. So if you already got a ticket, thanks. If you're on the fence, get a ticket. Trust us. Please get a ticket. We're going to make this great. It's the biggest show we've ever done. It's the biggest independent wrestling show in, in London, certainly, for the last decade. It's going to be great. Please come along to that. Uh, ProgressWrestling.com. Um, you'll see there's a link on the front page uh, to get tickets for Brixton because it's not handled by us. It's handled by uh, Ticket Web and our friends at Live Nation. But do come along to that. If you already got a ticket, tell some more people to get a ticket. Because if we fill that place and we make the atmosphere like it's been over this past weekend for Super Strong Style 16, we are going to do something really, really special. It's going to make the whole world take notice of British wrestling. Okay? So if you can help spread the word about that, brilliant. Comedy-wise, um, Sunday, June the 27th, which is after the next London show uh, for Progress, the uh, day after, uh, I'm recording my Edinburgh show. I'm filming it. Uh, my Edinburgh show last year was called My Girls. It got nominated for an award. Um... I'm really proud of it. It's a show about me and my wife and my daughter. Um, <clears throat> it's it's not just a load of stories about, oh, I've got a wife and a kid. No, there's a lot more to it than that. I don't want to spoil it. I'd love it if you could come along to it. Um, it's a, a club called The Backyard in Bethnal Green. It's quite a famous comedy club right near the tube station. It's a fiver. If you can come along to it, I'd be so grateful. If you want to come to that, jimsmallman.com slash mygirlsfilm. Okay, jimsmorman.com slash mygirlsfilm. It's Monday, June the 27th. If I could see some of you there, I'd be super stoked and super excited. And there's all the boring stuff. I mean, if you like this podcast, tell people. Keep sharing it. Keep telling people. Keep reviewing it on iTunes. Keep subscribing to it on iTunes. Keep letting people know about it on Acast if they're on Android and stuff like that. Please keep telling people. Please keep spreading the word. Because at the minute, we've got some great traction with this podcast. And it's thanks to you guys. So if you can keep spreading the word and telling people, I will be so unbelievably grateful. So please tell more people about it. Don't forget, if you ever want to get in touch with me, I'm at Jim Smallman on Twitter. Uh, my website is jimsmallman.com. My Facebook is facebook.com slash jimsmallmancomedian. Um, and just keep, please, spreading the word. Don't forget, if you ever tweet me and you want to talk about anything to do with wrestling, use the hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw. I'll definitely see it. I'll definitely be able to work through it. Um, in the meantime, uh, thanks for all your questions today. Thank you for coping with my slightly gravelly voice. Um, and um, just thanks for supporting the podcast. If you came to Super Strong Style 16 this weekend, thank you for coming along to it. Um, if you didn't, you'll be able to watch it on demand-progress probably in about a week or so, uh, and hopefully you'll enjoy it. Send me your feedback. Let me know what you like, what you didn't like. It's always good to hear it. Uh, But in the meantime, I'm now going to go and have another lie down. Um, Thanks for listening, uh, and I'll see you with a mini episode next week. ta Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.